Alright guys, what is up here? This is the first episode of Season 2 of the Third Out Podcast here. Uh, we're going to run over some free agents here. It's been a crazy week with free agency. I know me and Bryson were talking about it last week. Talking about how we were waiting for something to happen. Well, it happened here. So me and Bryson are going to go down through here and talk about free agents. So the first move we had that um, <clears throat> I guess this is one of the more recent ones is we had Trevor Story sign a six-year deal with the Boston Red Sox. Now this does include an opt-out, so he can get out of there. But what does this mean for the Red Sox, Noah? It means they're trying to compete. Uh, I mean, six years. It's a little interesting here to go after a, a shortstop as they already have a shortstop. Yeah, so I guess they're going to try to – I think what you said was Story's going to move to second. Mm-hmm. Um, Bogarts will stick it short, and then something about Bogarts only having one year left on his deal or an opt-out or something like that at the end of this year. Um, so Story will probably move after move back to short for the remainder of his deal. But, yeah, as of right now, it looks like Story will be their second baseman, which is a need of theirs. So that does fill a spot for them. It's a good move. Um, yeah, but they've been one of the more quiet teams in this division um, this offseason. And, you know, their owner and stuff, they were saying, you know, this is the, the baseball season is a marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, the, the Blue Jays and the Yankees have made some big moves, but the Red Sox have been a little more quiet. And so they're trying to justify that. But this is one big move they have made. Um, it'll just be interesting to see if they try to fill in some more holes or if they wait until the trade deadline to do some other big stuff. Yeah, so the whole there is a there's a few holes on that team there, but saw something where after this deal was made, uh, they're talking about the Red Sox being the best team in the division. Now, I don't see that. Top three probably, top four probably, but not not the best team in the division. No, they're not the best team in the division. Um, we're going to talk about the, the other two that have been making moves. Tampa's been a little more quiet since the end of the lockout, but they did sign Kluber before the lockout. Um, so, I mean, the, 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 the Rays are the best team in the division. We've kind of known that for a while. Uh, I don't think just signing Trevor Story is enough to elevate them to that point, going mm-hmm. from third best in the division to best just with that one signing. Exactly. And then you have the Yankees and the Blue Jays who are on the exact same playing field, and they've made more signings and more moves this offseason, so I don't, I don't see how the Red Sox could consider themselves uh, a favorite for this division right now. I wouldn't pull the against them. I wouldn't say they can't win the division, but they're by no means the favorite. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. So then that'll take us there to our next free agent signing, which I think is pretty significant one, and that's Solaire going to the Marlins. Yeah, Solaire is a player that can really fly under the radar. He, you know, led the league in home runs a couple of years ago, but you know this is. A middle-of-the-line move It's not like a big star player getting signed, but it's not something that should just be totally disregarded. He's a really good fit for this Miami team and, you know, where they fit into things as a whole. I think this is good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm shocked that the Braves didn't make a bigger push to bring him back. Yeah, I'm surprised we we had it written down a little later. They signed Rosario to a two-year deal. I would have preferred them bring back Solaire, but I guess they were maybe leaning a little more defense, a little more of a leadoff type hitter mm-hmm. that they wanted back, but... Yeah, I would have preferred, if I were a Braves fan, I would have preferred Solaire at that point. But Especially after that World Series and whole playoff performance in general. Yeah, but either of those guys were playoff mm-hmm. uh, heroes for them. Exactly. Just one was a World Series MVP. 
and then that'll take us down to another significant signing. It's probably the biggest one. Yeah, I'd say the biggest one here on the list. But it doesn't make much sense. No. And that is Carlos Correa on a three-year deal going to the Twins. Yeah, this isn't. The, this is not the most confusing trade or signing. Excuse me, it's not the most confusing signing we've had. But it's it's a little bit shocking, and I am a little bit skeptical of what the Twins are trying to do uh, this offseason as a whole. Uh, I just you know they they signed him for three years, and my common rationale when I see a team who's not good sign a really good player is how long is that contract for, and are they going to be competitive for the last half of the contract and you know are the twins going to be competitive next year that's i don't know um but the twins have a lot of other moves we're going to talk about a little later as well so yeah the twins are just one of those teams i need to sit down and really look at you know you know we predicted them you know early january we kind of gave a rundown of what we thought the twins were going to look like and it wasn't a pretty outlook for their season but their roster has been completely flipped in the past week, really. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just need to sit down and look at their roster again and see what I can make of that now. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, you know, signing a guy. with. And there's no real direction to that franchise, it seems like. Yeah, they gave away Garver, and they've picked up some other things, and... So it seems like, you know, maybe they're getting rid of older players, but then they're signing star players, but then they're taking on young players, but then they'll trade away a young player. And it just, I can't find the rhyme or reason right now um, as to what they're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. Now, a team that has made some sense with their moves, uh, the Phillies have signed Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber, mm-hmm. both to long-term deals. And long-term, I mean more than three years. Um, this is a big boost for them, especially in their lineup. This gives uh, Ray Muto and Harper a lot of cover um, in the lineup. And this was a Phillies team that was really desperate for um, more outfielders. Mm-hmm. And, of course, as a National League team, they do need a DH now. And so they really covered both of those, um, both of those platforms with Castellanos and Schwarber. Uh, both, you know, one's going to be a good corner outfielder and the other's going to be a really good DH. Mm-hmm. So I really like those moves for them. Yeah, I mean, Philly, they were right there on the edge of the playoffs last year. With these moves, I think they, they're they probably going to, you know, challenge for the division. Oh, yeah. And they've, they've made the most moves out of all the teams in their division. Like, every team has gotten better. The Mets have gotten better. The Mets have made a lot of moves. The Braves mm-hmm. have gotten better. Braves have made just a couple of moves. Um, the Even the Marlins have gotten better. Marlins are making moves. But the Phillies are actually, I think, making the best improvements. So, you know, like I just said, they, they improved the outfield. They've also really improved their bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we wrote a lot of the bullpen names down on this list, but, like, they've added Brad Hand, a couple of other guys. They are really going to be a lot better this upcoming year. And as far as improvement goes, they're going to win more games than they won last year. So... Oh, of course. I mean, with this, I mean, starting projected lineup there with Segrea, Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper, adding Castanos, Hoskins, DD. I mean, yeah, that's 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 pretty impressive offensive lineup yeah. there. And they have a good starting rotation. They did mm-hmm. last year. It's got to stay healthy. But you know, you got Wheeler. Then you traded for Gibson. Uh, they got a couple other guys. But like, 
this is, this is a team that's really going to come together. It's going to hinge on the bullpen still, but the, bill, the bullpen killed them last year, and it's better than that. They've added four or five guys that are all really good. So mm-hmm. look out for this Phillies team. Yes. And then staying in that division there, you have a trade and then a signing, or well, two signings there with the Braves, with Matt Olson going to the Braves, Kenley Jansen going to the Braves on a one-year deal, and then Rosario, as we mentioned earlier, with a two-year deal. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Matt Olson, um, this is an interesting one because them getting Matt Olson really um, was this, I don't know if this was like the point in time where they knew they couldn't go back on Freeman or if it was before that, but, you know, in our in our top ten first baseman list, we had Freeman as our third best first baseman going into twenty twenty two, and we have Olsen as our second best. So, mm-hmm. in our opinion, they actually got an upgrade at first base. Mm-hmm. They're paying him less money per year, um, and you know they signed him to that big um, extension. So they're they're paying him less money per year than what they'd be paying Freeman, and he is two years younger. Mm-hmm. So I really like this. He's a clean guy. He's you know. He's been under the radar, obviously, in Oakland. And this is a big signing for the Braves. Basically, it feels like signing Freeman two years younger, you know. So that's exactly what they wanted there. Then you have uh, Kenley Jansen. They're improving their bullpen and Eddie Rosario again. Mm -hmm. The outfield for them, you know, they have some prospects that maybe can come up and do some stuff. You got Ozuna. You got Acuna. You know, you're having to wait for those situations to be sorted out. Is Acuna going to be healthy? When's Ozuna back? That type of thing. So, you know, the outfield does have some question marks. Rosario will take care of that Mm -hmm. for them. Uh, The only other thing I can really think of for the Braves is, you know, what are they going to do with DH right now? Yeah, they do need a DH, as, you know, most of those NL teams do. But, yeah, I mean, Matt Olson move, I love that. Um, You know, as soon as... I got that notification on my phone saying he was traded. You know, that new Freeman was gone. Uh, it was just a matter of where he was going. And then Canley Jansen, perfect move for them. Uh, get some relief out of the bullpen there. Rosario, you know, you've, you've had him on the team. You know what he's about. You need an outfield. Great re-signing there. Um, yeah, this Braves team is going to be interesting next year. A lot of new faces coming in. You know, usually is like that after when you win a World Series, a lot of guys leave. They just got their ring. Now they want to go get their money. So the same type of things happening there with them. But they're reloading. Yeah, and they haven't lost a whole lot. Freeman mm-hmm. was the big piece for them. Yeah. Um, now, it's we talked about Matt Olson. Uh, we're going to talk about some more Oakland Athletics here in a minute. But I would like to bring up now two more Oakland Athletics that are still on the market. we got Sean Manea and Frankie Matas, which we are – pretty sure that they're looking to trade still so those are two amazing starting pitchers that are still out there um and we have the red Sox with chris sale getting injured you have the cardinals with jack flaherty getting injured and of course you can never have too much starting pitching so those are two guys that are gonna be in high demand is it a little interesting with a team that just barely missed the playoffs with the athletics you know a team that was really you know making pushes and with as many star players as they had for them to just you know trade so many things does that seem a little weird here Yes and no. I mean, I feel like they're right there on the edge, and then they take six steps back, and then they're right open, there on the edge, so like, yeah. and then they're six steps back. So I can see them just kind of scrapping it and just saying, 
we just need to go younger, focus on prospects, build from the bottom up, yeah, and see what can we can do. Yeah, I think it would be a lot weirder if it were any team other than Oakland. Mm-hmm. Oakland does this all the time. Yeah, and you know, Oakland doesn't go into complete rebuilds. No, Oakland just like retools. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got rid of Olsen. They're looking to get rid of these starting pitchers. You know, we'll talk about it later. They got rid of Chapman. Um, but like, this is a team that again. Yeah, they may not be competitive this year after all these trades, but they'll be competitive in two years. Mm-hmm. And we're going to compare that a little later on to the Cincinnati Reds, who are kind of in the same situation. We're going to talk about that later when we get down to Jesse Winker. Mm-hmm. But that moves us now to Luke Voigt being traded from the Yankees to the San Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think of this trade? Your Yankees giving up Luke Voigt. I thought it's something that they had talked about since they got Rizzo. So between the two, if you would you rather have Rizzo, who's solid in the field, you know, sol- uh, solid first baseman, solid at bat, or a streaky Luke Voigt behind the or in the box, you know, you I would go with Rizzo every time there. I mean, it's it's tough because Voigt's been he played well for us. He had some big hits in the playoffs. You know he led the league in home runs or was close to it there for a couple years. But in the circumstance, it was once you bring back Rizzo, you have to get rid of Voight. I mean, he's he's good enough to play somewhere. You get good pieces for him. And I think it's a perfect move for San Diego. Yeah. So right as of as it stands right now, I think Voight would be the perfect DH for San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, they've talked about trading Hosmer for a long time. Just a, just a matter of them not wanting to pay his contract. Uh, Hosmer is the better defensive first baseman, but say you do get Hosmer out, that would probably move Voigt to first base, or is going to move um, Will Myers to first base. If you move Will Myers to first base, you need another outfielder. If you move Luke Voigt to the first base bag, then you need a DH still. So if they trade Hosmer, they have another position to feel, fill. Um, if they keep Hosmer, they're really they're really set in a good position as they stand right now. Exactly. That's why I think it's a perfect spot because now you, I mean, if you still want to trade him, trade him. But now it's not like you're being forced to because you have you got your DH. Yeah, and we haven't discussed this. I think this happened about a day after our last podcast. They are going to be without Fernando Tatis Jr. for three months. For three months uh, due to a accident, right? Yeah, so, which is very unfortunate for me, yes. because I will be seeing the Padres play in the middle of May. It's unfortunate for Fernando Tatis Jr. as well. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, I was just talking that yeah, out there. Yeah, um, yeah, but that's going to hurt this team. You know, losing that leader, but this is a star-studded team. You know, um, I don't know where the Giants are going to be, but the mm-hmm. Dodgers are going to give them a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. It may hurt them to get off to a slow start, so. Hopefully Voight can, you know, electrify them at the beginning of the season here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But back to Tatis being hurt, I think it may be good. I mean, he was hurt a lot of last year, so he knows, you know, how to lead the team from the dugout. So that shouldn't that shouldn't be too bad. You have you'll have a leader there. Voight definitely will have to uh, you know, light him up in the beginning. But that'll take us there to uh, another big move there with Freeman to the Dodgers. We've already kind of talked about it a little bit, but this is a six-year deal there for Freddie. 
might be, or this is his last big deal that yeah. he's going to sign. He it might be his last deal in general that he's going to sign. Yeah. You know, he's that'll take him to nineteen years in the league. Yeah. So unless he turns into like a Nelson Cruz that just stays in the league forever, mm-hmm. um, this is probably where he's going to finish his career, and it's a it's a good place for him to finish. You know, kind of a homecoming for him. Uh, he's going to a competitive team. He's taking a lot of money. He's going to you know the place he grew up type area. Um, yeah, it's a long deal. There's a lot of money, and money solves all issues. And the Dodgers are the team that can always seem to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of annoying for everybody else in the league, but hats off to them for having that ability, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. The Dodgers have a lineup that, you know, not many teams in MLB history can really boast that level of a lineup. So they are looking yeah. they are in good condition. Yeah. On paper, this is probably the best team in the league. Oh yeah. By I don't want to say offensively. Sig- yeah, offensively. I don't want to say by a significant margin, but there's there's a little bit of there's a lot of space. Yeah. And any space you know, there is or there could be more space if it were for their pitching staff mm-hmm. or bullpen. They're losing a lot of things in their bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yes. a big concern, but yeah, this offense is going to be insane. Yeah, I mean, and from top to bottom, I mean, it's so balanced. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you're going to have Freeman at first base because I think he's a better defender than Muncie, but mm-hmm. Muncie will play there maybe every now and then. Muncie can also be a kind of utility guy. We know he's, he has the ability to play elsewhere in the field, mm-hmm. especially third base, um, which means that Turner could also be a DH when they need. Um, so Muncie, Muncie and Turner can flip flop around in the DH spot. Also, Muncie can play other places. I think he's playing in the mm-hmm. outfield or second base. So they have a lot of availability. Turner, or not Turner, sorry. Um, what's his name? Uh, Taylor. Uh, is utility, so we know like a lot of their pieces have the ability to play all over the field. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey Turner also can play all over the field. He can play second base, shortstop, or center field. So mm-hmm. this is a team that like even when they want to give a guy a day of rest, offensively or defensively, like if they want to give him a day of rest where he sits on the bench, they'll be fine. If they give a guy a day of rest where he can just be the DH and not to play defense, mm-hmm. they'll be fine. They can they can configure this lineup however they want. Um, yeah, this is probably the most versatile line, or group of nine yeah. in the league. Yeah, I mean, I saw a, a mock lineup for them, and they had A.J. Pollock hitting ninth as the D.H. Yeah. And A.J. Pollock was, like, what, our, like, third best left fielder, or, like, fifth best left fielder or something? And, you know, he's good defensively, too, and they're just that deep to where, you know, they have a guy like him sitting in the ninth spot as a D.H. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this lineup... Could change. You could make it however you want it, but it's going to be a really good one way or the other. Yeah, and it's going to be. If the only thing this team needs to do is get some bullpen help with what's left of free yeah. agency, and they have a really young rotation, so we'll see how that works for them. Yeah, but the best offense or best defense is a good offense. Yeah. So exactly. Might not need it. Yeah. So staying in that division, we've gone from San Diego to the Dodgers, and now we'll go to the Giants. Jock Peterson went to the Giants. Um, yeah, I'm not a big Jock Peterson fan. I'm not a big fan of the Dodgers. I'm not a big fan of the Cubs. Those are the two teams that he's gone to. So then he went to the Braves. I don't mind that, I guess. But he wasn't the biggest help to them. He, you know, he was there when they won the World Series. He he was he was influential in the playoffs for them, but he wasn't Soler or Rosario for me. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I think this is a good move to fill a DH spot or fill an outfield spot, whichever the Giants are looking to do with him. Mm-hmm. It's smart, but 
you know, I wouldn't be too thrilled about this personally. Yeah, but I mean, this guy, talk about someone that can that finesses. He won a World Series in L.A., got traded or went to the Cubs. Then he got traded to Atlanta, won a World Series, and he. Got, I mean, I guess I get, they're just the team's good luck charms to win a World Series. But, I mean, and the Giants are gonna be right there in that conversation. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's a pretty solid move there for the Giants. You know, like you said, you're filling in a DH spot, an extra outfielder. Um, yeah, I mean. Well, he, it, all these NL teams are trying to figure that DA spot, and so they got mm-hmm. that taken care of at least. Yeah, which the more you know, we start talking about DHs. I mean, I love this. I mean, you're adding a whole a new job on each roster now. Yeah, and we're seeing a lot of teams really just go out there and fill that out. And we're going to talk about it. Even the Nationals did that. Mm-hmm. Even a team that's not looking to be completely competitive went out and filled that spot for them. Exactly on the free agent market. But that'll take us now to the most complexing move of free agency. I think I heard some guys on ESPN say it's one of the most complexing moves they've seen in all their years covering the league. Chris Bryant went to the Rockies on a seven-year, $180 million deal. To put that in comparison, Freddie Freeman signed a six-year deal, one year less, for $160 million, $20 million less. So we're saying what the Rockies are saying, not what we're saying, is Chris Bryant is a better player than Freddie Freeman by $20 million. What blows my mind is, I believe you told me this, that you saw, you read somewhere that no other team was willing to give Bryant over $100 million. Yeah. Yeah. That's $80 million you just blew. Yeah, so say, say the top offer he was getting was probably like $90 million. They went out and doubled his offer. They didn't just, like, up it by, like, 10% or anything. They doubled his standing offers. I mean, if I'm Chris Bryant, you know, you have your World Series ring. Yeah. You know, you've been competitive. You've been in the dumps. Yeah. I mean, why not go to a team that's not real competitive? They're not horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard people say, you know, there were a lot of people at first that were just dogging Bryant for being like, oh, I guess he doesn't want to win anymore. But... I don't know. If somebody offers me $90 million and another person offers me $180 million, I'm going to take the deal that's literally twice as much money. Exactly. Especially since he's already won a World Series. You know, yeah. he's been around a while. Yeah. So it makes sense for Bryant to do this. Yeah. It doesn't make sense for the Rockies to do this. No, not at all. Especially after, I mean, you let Story walk. Yeah. And then you trade Arnado. Yeah. And you're pay- you're still paying him. Yeah. So the Rockies are paying Arenado, they're paying St. Louis basically $50 million over last year and this year. And so add $50 million on top of 180 you're paying $230 million to fill third base with Ryan McMahon and Chris Bryant. Actually, Ryan McMahon got a big contract too, so we can make that offer, make that price even bigger. But is Bryant even going to play third base now? Who knows? I would, he may be in the outfield, but still, it's like yeah. You're, you're, yeah, $230 million to fill one spot on your roster. And they're not paying anything else. Like, we just, like, they had no other multi-year deals, I think, really, on their on their team that were of any significant value. And then right before we started this podcast, I think, what was it? You said that McMahon got his he got a six, Yeah, he got so. a six-year deal. 
Or extension. Yeah. So now they're now they got two players they're paying. And McMahon, uh, he's really good at defense, but he's not so great at offense, which doesn't make a lot of sense to be playing in that stadium. Yeah. When you're yeah. like that, but yeah. So anyway, no idea what the Rockies are doing. And it's not even like they're pulling at Texas Rangers where they're trying to make some moves and turn things around or move up their timeline. You know, it's nothing like that. It's it's one random move and then they still have like the twenty sixth best farm system and no other signings. Maybe they're shooting to be the Texas Rangers of next year. You know, you have one piece in place as like a pitching point. Like we got Bryant here. Look, you know, look what he's doing hitting in Coors Field. You know, he's hit 25, 30 home runs. You know, you're the same, just as good as a hitter. You can come in here and do the same thing. But I don't know. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense to me is signing him this year long term. So next year you can go in and be like, look. It'll be interesting to see what um, Bryant can do offensively. We know he's kind of – Regressed a little bit since his yeah. MVP seasons. But yeah, he's cooled off a little bit. Yeah. I think he's going to, I mean, the, he hits, if he hits the ball to, a, you know, even halfway decent, I think his, he's going to have a career year. Oh, just yeah. just to, from being up there, thin air, a little smaller stadium. Yeah, my only concern for him is he's got no lineup support, and we saw what mm-hmm. no lineup support did last year for Trevor Story. Mm-hmm. Trevor Story got absolutely abused because he had no help. So. Exactly. That may be what happens to Chris Bryant, but yeah, so he's got a trade clause in there as well. So if he mm-hmm. wants out, he can get out, right? So mm-hmm. it was with a no trade clause. I don't remember. Yeah, I think or... it was with a. I think there was a trade clause. So anyway, that moves us now to Kansas City. Zach Greinke signed a one-year deal with the Royals. So yeah, he started his career there. He's getting a little older. This looks like just a move to. You know, get him back there and mm-hmm. let him finish things out where he started. Um, yeah. Royals aren't looking to be that competitive. They are a decently good sneaky team, but, like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is just a solid move to fill in a rotation and, you know, get a guy back that can, you know, finish his career in a nice way. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they're not trying to not be competitive, but they're not, you know, actively going out trying to, you know, win a World Series now. Yeah, you know, nice little, you know, one-year deal. See if he can go another year. Yeah. Yeah. So that moves us now to so back over to the AL East. We kind of moved away from them for a while. We talked about the uh, Red Sox at first, but now we have Matt Chapman was traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, Oakland's getting a lot of prospects for these guys they got a lot of prospects for Olsen they got a lot of prospects for Chapman Mm -hmm. but yeah the Blue Jays really filled out their infield I know we they lost um they lost Simeon of course uh but just the way their their infield can work um they can shift things around and fill out their infield just as good here with Chapman so a really solid signing by them they also made some big signings to their uh, pitching staff earlier before the lockout, um, so they don't need to do as much now. Uh, this is an offensively high-powered team. Chapman's a big defensive guy, so it'll be interesting to see if those can balance each other out. Um, but one of the things I heard again today is back in the wild card running, um, I think, what was it, like, the, the Blue Jays won, like, 40 of 60 games at the end of the season. 
Mm-hmm. It was like the best record in all of baseball to finish the season. Yeah. And there were people both inside the Red Sox and the Yankees organization that said they just did not want to face the Blue Jays. Yeah, I mean, they were rolling. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is a team that I think could just roll with a lot of momentum into this season, and they could they could very easily win this division. Yeah, I think it's... I don't want to say it's a Blue Jays division to lose, but I think they're probably 1A right now. Yeah. Then you're probably looking at Rays 1B, Yankees at 2, you know, Red Sox there to be you know interchangeable there yeah but yeah this blue jays team can be very very good and then this trade here you know solidifies that position there you lose simeon but i mean this i don't want to say best case scenario but it was it was one of the better things that could happen yeah yeah they didn't have to go out and spend a bunch of money either you know it was a Mm -hmm. trade so getting the better into that exactly um the Cubs did sign Saya Suzuki to a five-year deal. Now, the Cubs are not a team we really expect to compete, but it is always cool to see these international signings, and this is a guy with a lot of hype around mm-hmm. him. I uh, just really can't wait to see his talent in the game, see what he brings to the table. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about him. I haven't really seen him play that much. There's a lot of hype around him. I know his uh, introduction of the team, his uh, interview was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty entertaining. So I'm excited to see, get out there and you know watch him play a little bit. Now, it seems like he's going to be another personality guy in the league. You know, baseball doesn't really have too many of those. So it's it's nice to see another guy coming in there. You know, cracking jokes at the podium. You know, talking. You know, especially with the organization like the Cubs it has a lot of history to it. Yeah. Um, should be very interesting. Yeah. So back over to the AL East again. We have the New York Yankees now. They signed Rizzo, so Rizzo will now stay with their team. Uh, they traded Voigt, so that just kind of sorts out their first baseman situation. Um, I've heard people saying they need another power bat in their lineup. Um, they're, they're, they've made some weird moves we'll get into a little farther down, but, like, I don't know. Uh, Rizzo is a lot like Bryant in terms, you know, he's not as good as he used to be, and a lot of people remember what he used to be, mm-hmm. but he's still an incredibly solid above-average player um, that is, you know, he's going to impact your lineup. Just don't expect an all-star. You know, th- this is the type of guy that the Yankees fans are going to think is an all-star, but he's, like, just below that level. But, like, he's going to help the team, but he's not going to be incredible. Yes. But I will say, as a Yankees fan, it is a little nice not having the same signing of the same exact player you have on the field already. Yeah. I mean, you got, you know, you sign, or you have Aaron Judge. Then you go out, you get Stanton. You know, pretty much identical players. Yeah. You know, one, one is peaks higher than the other one. Then you go out and you get um, Gallo. Gallo. Exact same thing. They're both, or all three of them, 6'8 and taller, it seems like. 6'6 and taller. All about the same weight. You know, they're all jacked. And they either hit the ball 500 feet or they miss it by about 18 inches. So, it's nice not having, you know, signing like that. It's not, yeah. Again, that goes back to, you know, getting rid of Voight so you don't have 
a righty and a lefty first baseman that are identical, except for the fact that one's righty and one's lefty. So Exactly. Oh, yeah, and Voight, you know, pretty much the same. Jack dude either hits 500 feet or misses it by 18 inches. Yeah. So. They do, I don't know where they're going to find their leadoff presence. Yeah. They're, they really are embracing the Bronx, bom- Bronx Bomber mentality right here. Yeah, I mean, you don't have... I mean, Brett Gardner's not the same leadoff guy he was six years ago. Yeah, Aaron Hicks isn't either. Yeah, Aaron Hicks isn't either. I mean, mind you, he's been hurt. But, I mean, you still need a leadoff guy like that. I mean, Gardner's not even on the roster right now. He's a free agent. So you can't can't bank on him coming back. Yeah, they'll need a nice, you know, guy that could either hit ninth or hit first, you know, interchangeably. But, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, like you said, they're really embracing that Bronx Bombers mentality there. Yeah, and when we go through the power rankings, we'll inspect their lineup and how it'll mm-hmm. sit on how it'll work together a little a little later. But Yeah, by then, it's the lineup's going to be totally different than what it is now, I'm sure. That is, also could be true. So, we have Andrew McCutcheon got signed at the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of know Andrew McCutcheon's getting a little old, but the Brewers do believe that, he, and they stated that he's going to be a good offensive help to their team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he'll be a nice little guy on the bench. You need a hit, you know. It's the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, down by one. You got a runner on third. You have someone up. Nice pinch hitter piece. This team's also really embracing the washed up outfielders' perspective. Yeah, that too. You know, you got Jackie Bradley Jr. who's doing. Not a whole lot. No. You got uh, Kane out there who's doing not a whole lot. You got Yelich out there. Maybe he's trying to come back. You got McCutcheon out there now. This is, you know, I don't know what they're doing, but yeah. So they did make a good signing in right field, but a little earlier, but yeah. We'll, we'll see. Maybe McCutcheon will be a DH too. Maybe he'll find an everyday role, but yeah. They get a lot of age. They get a lot of age here in Milwaukee. Yeah, but. I didn't really think about that, but they have a lot of age on their team, especially in that outfield range. Yeah, and I don't know of any real prospects that they have that I can think of right now. Yeah. So, they do have, who is who's the right fielder? I forget. I think he was in their top ten. Mm-hmm. Do they have Avisel Garcia? I think that's who they have, right? So. I think so. No, he went to the Marlins. Oh, yeah. They had him last year. Yes, that's what have. it was. I think they traded for somebody. Oh, they got uh, they got Hunter Renfro, I believe. That's yes, that's what it was. So they have a good right fielder. He is thirty years old. Uh, but the other four guys, all right, four guys. Yeah, they have four other outfielders fighting for two spots who are all up there in age. So mm-hmm. not entirely sure what will come from that. Um, the next one. This is big. Mm-hmm. This is big. Very underrating signing. This is a trade, yeah. Or a trade, yeah. yeah. It's really flew under the radar. I didn't even know Eugenio Suarez was a part of this till today. But Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez are going to the Mariners. So Mariners, man. They've they've got some pitching, right? They were the ones that went out and got who was it? They got Robbie Ray, right? I believe so. And you know, they, they had some struggles offensively last year. Winker is a very underrated player, I think. He's an incredible player. I th- yeah, I mean, we had him, what, third or... We had him pretty high up on I our list. he was third in left field. Yeah. 
third among left fielders. So you got the third best left fielder in baseball. You have one of the top, if not the top. Um, yeah. Oh, excuse me. You we had fourth. Yes, fourth among uh, left fielders. Um, but we had, uh, yeah, you had the top offensive, uh, or excuse me, the top outfield prospect um, in the Mariners system. And then, you know, you get Eugenio Suarez, who can be underrated. He's had some good years. He's had some not so good years. But, yeah, Mariners making moves. What about the Reds, though? Yeah, I was going to say, what are the Reds doing? I mean, they, they weren't they, not competitive. With, with the expanded playoffs, they would have been in the playoffs. Yeah, I would say, I mean, they fell off there at the end of the year. But, I mean, they had a, I don't want to say a solid roster, but they had a good roster for them to be able to, you know, yeah. go in, com- at least tr- challenge for a playoff spot. Yeah. Then they expand it. Yeah, like I so said, they would have been in. Uh, I mean, the way the roster was constructed, you add a couple more big name guys, yeah. make a couple, make a couple trades, but don't trade your good guys away. Yeah, this isn't even confusing for the Reds. This is straight up tanking. Yeah, I mean, they just went out and just screw, whole all their good pieces are gone. Yeah, so they they sent off Barnhart a while ago, right? Mm-hmm. They still have Tyler Stevenson behind the plate, though. Mm-hmm. Then they now they're giving up Winker and Eugenio Suarez, two of their best players. So they have India and Votto left, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So not entirely like I want to say I'm not entirely sure what the Reds are doing, but I know exactly what the Reds are doing. The Reds are tanking. Um, I just don't get why, because this is a team that like they were tanking not that long ago, and I thought they were supposed to like be just now finishing up their tanking process. And I was like, oh, wait, we're going to go do it again now. It didn't work last time. Like, wait, you barely, you didn't even get out of the last one. You got out of it for like half a year. Yeah, and they have, you know, they have a couple of solid pieces. Yeah. That they are, they have prospects that, that would have been able to help them compete. Yeah. Yeah, they have a good farm system. And then you look at, you know, you got Winker, top four, top three left fielder. And then you have Eugenio Suarez, who's a really talented third baseman. You got the, the rookie of the year at second base. Mm-hmm. You had a really good starting pitching staff, and we know they've had a decent bullpen. You know, especially they've had a couple of really good guys come through that bullpen. So yeah, and then you got a solid veteran there. Yeah, in first Votto. base. Yeah, and I he mean, had a comeback at the end of the year. Yeah, he, I mean, he played he, really well. Yeah, I mean, he's not who the player he used to be, but I mean, he shows flashes. Yeah. So not entirely sure. Why the Reds decided to scrap everything, but they did decide to scrap everything. It's kind of sad because they felt like one of those teams that could have just like added one or two things and then made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like they could have re-signed Castellanos and maybe like a pitcher and would have been a playoff team. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, now they're not even close. I didn't even think about Cost- yeah he, him leaving. Yeah. I mean, wow. So yeah, they are. I don't know. They may not even finish above the Cubs right now. They they did the Cubs just a couple years early. Mm-hmm. So um, that takes us now to the Nationals. The Nationals went out and decided to get themselves a DH, and they got Nelson Cruz to a one-year deal. Now, I think if a team, like, we don't really expect the Nationals to do anything too crazy. So I like this signing because if a team – is struggling halfway through the season, and the Nationals are what we think they are, this is a good trade asset that you can get prospects mm-hmm. for. Yeah. So it's smart. So you sign a guy for a decent amount of money right now, and then halfway through the year you trade him to a team that's trying to make the push to make you know a World Series run, mm-hmm. and you get a prospect out of it. 
Exactly. Very smart. Um, on the other hand of things, again, with the expanded playoffs, you never know what could happen. You never know when your team could make a run. Um, on the third side of it, you just are really helping protect Juan Soto in a lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just, you know, keeping Juan Soto from becoming Trevor Story. Um, he's got Josh Bell, and now he's got, uh, you know, Nelson Cruz around him. So mm-hmm. that is a decently safe lineup for Juan Soto to be in. Yeah, I mean, there's just enough other guys in the lineup that can hurt you to where you can't just go after him there. But, yeah, I mean, you're looking at a team, you know, who's couple games out of the playoffs or a couple games off from winning their division they need a solid dh you can get two three prospects out of Cruz. yeah yeah so back to the yankees yeah josh donaldson is now a yankee if this would have happened about i don't know six years ago yeah it would have been huge now i still think it's it's a good move i still think it's solid uh you know, Urschel has been he's been a very solid player when he's on the field. He's been hurt a lot here recently. Uh Sanchez, the other big guy in this deal. He never hit his peak there. You know, he was lazy behind the plate. Sometimes he was just non existent. And then other times he was just flat out unplayable. So I like the move. I like what we got out of it. Uh you know, Donaldson's a good good piece to have. Got you know, Kiner Falefa and Ben uh, Rivert mm-hmm. also. Yeah, also got a couple a couple other guys. Got a pro- the prospect catcher there. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good move. I think I think the Yankees are better after making them the move than they were before the move. Yeah. What complexes me uh, is what what happened to the Yankees from this like. They got younger at shortstop and catcher, and they got better defensively at offense. Er, they got better defensively at shortstop and catcher, but they got worse offensively at those two positions, right? Mm-hmm. And then at third base, they went the opposite direction. They got worse defensively, and they got older and better offensively. Mm-hmm. So, I just didn't see a clear path from that. But as a whole, the move is all right. Um, yeah, the Twins. Twins, though, it was really, again, continues to be complexing because they just added Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez to a team with Carlos Correa. Um, so I'm not entirely sure what to make of that. They basically just, like, got themselves a third baseman, shortstop, and catcher. They gave up Mitch Garver for for Gary Sanchez, so I don't like that. I'm not mm-hmm. entirely sure. And you gave up your prospect, who was really good defensively, so... Don't like that, but yeah, the Twins are making moves, whether you like it or not. I just don't know what to make of those moves. Yeah, <laughs> Kiner Falefa didn't even make it a week with the team. He got traded from the Rangers to the to the Twins, and then from the Twins straight to the Yankees. So, yeah, uh, poor hey, guy. I don't. I kind of between those three teams, I'd probably rather be on the Yankees. Yeah, that's also facts. Um, yeah, we kind of knew Kiner was going to get traded away from. Uh, away from Texas when they went out and signed uh, Seager mm-hmm. just because there wasn't enough room for him on the left side of the infield, really. So Exactly. Um, yeah. We have... This is a move that I 
forgot about for a while. I heard about it like the day it came out, and then I wrote about it again today, and I forgot it everywhere in between. But this is also the Twins. The Twins signed Sonny Gray from the Reds. Now, again, this goes along with the Reds tanking. Reds, Reds now losing starting pitching on top of everything else they lost. Sonny Gray to the Twins. So maybe Twins are looking to compete, right? Add Sonny Gray on top of, you know, all these other, you know, Correa, you know, Gio and Sanchez. Maybe the Twins are looking to try to grab a wild card, wild card spot. Maybe they heard that, like, oh, we have expanded playoffs. Maybe we think we can do this. Like, Maybe. I don't know. I mean, with the expanded playoff, I mean, their chances obviously are going to be better than making the playoffs than the year before, than last year. But I don't, these moves still don't make total sense to me. No. So, it'll be interesting. The Twins will be a team to keep an eye on, mm-hmm. but I'm not entirely sure why. They'll it, be interesting to watch to see how these moves are panning out. Yeah. And then the last move, this is probably one of the smaller moves, but the Cardinals signed Corey Dickerson. Um, this is just a solid signing for a DH, I believe. Um, Dickerson's been a, a about an average player in the league offensively, so yeah, this is yeah just another NL team trying to fill in their DH spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot more of those signings here as you know opening day approaches. There, I believe it's the seventh. Yeah, yeah. So they got a couple more weeks, you know, to pan their rosters out for opening day get those DH spots as they need. Um, but uh, those are all free agents yeah. there. Now, uh, Bryson, what move do you think is the best one that has that happened over all the, one, the ones we've went over? Well, I could, I could easily narrow it down to a couple. Mm-hmm. I could narrow it down to the two the Phillies did with Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber. Yep. The Braves trade for Matt Olson was really good. Mm-hmm. And then, lastly, I would say uh, Matt Chapman to the Blue Jays was also Mm -hmm. really good. The thing that concerns me with Olsen and Chapman is the amount of prospects that the Blue Jays and the Braves gave up. Mm -hmm. So I think that probably means the best was the Phillies. Yeah, I like the Phillies move there as well. They're probably up there in my top moves. Probably top two. Um, I think overall what the Phillies have done with their, you know, they've added, what, like four bullpen pieces, mm-hmm. you know, maybe one starting yeah. pitcher and, like, yeah, these yeah. two guys. Yeah, the Phillies are pr- are probably the biggest winner of free agency so far. Yeah. Obviously, you could, you know, argue the Texas Rangers, mm-hmm. you know, team teams like that have made big moves, but, like, this is a team who was already good and made just enough moves, I think, to get them over an edge. So. Exactly. Yeah, that's why, that's why I like the Philly moves, you know, like you said, the Olsen move. Um... But I think the move that probably that's going to be that's it's a big move, but it's also I don't think it's getting as as the the Red Sox move to get Story. I think that one's going to really help the Red Sox win now. Yeah. Um, you know, if they end up keeping, uh, you know, oh shoot, their shortstop Xander Xander Bogarts. I don't know why I wanted to say Muggsy for a second. Yeah, if, they, if he. If, he does opt in, and to have those two in the lineup, I think it's, it's going to be pretty hard to stop both of them. Yeah. Yeah, again, the, the concerning thing for me about the Red Sox, and you're right, it is a great move on its own. I just am a little concerned about the overall quiet the mm-hmm. Red Sox have had and the rest of free agency, but we'll, we'll see again. Yeah, exactly. 
as a single move, that was a very good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of good moves, though. Yeah, it's I mean, been an exciting free agency. I kind of like having that gap in the middle because mm-hmm. that's made for a lot of a lot of excitement in a very short period of time, exactly. both leading up to the lockout and now afterwards. Yeah, I mean, because all these guys that we talked about were, that within a week. Yeah, and they were yeah after the lockout. I mean, we didn't even touch on the free agents that happened before the lockout. Yeah, and there were even a couple that signed. I think the lockout ended on like what Thursday, and we did our podcast Sunday. We had a couple of free agents that we even talked mm-hmm. about then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, this is, I think, this is the big chunk of the guys that were going to get signed, got signed. Yeah. I mean, of course, we got two more weeks. There's going to be a, a lot more signings, but I don't think there's any going to be to the volume that there is of these this chunk. No, I think our all-star level player is about gone. Mm-hmm. There might be one or two that are still out there. I can't think of any. Yeah, uh, I'm not looking I, at the free agent list right yeah, now. So. I'd say, I think most. Most of the guys left are guys at the tail end of their career looking to get another contract in. A lot of pitchers, I think, are left. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all that's left. But, yeah. It's been a good good week. It's so good to have baseball back. I'm so mm-hmm. glad that games are starting again. We've had some spring training games to watch. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Seeing players hit home runs, we got a Cespedes' younger brother, other Cespedes, I uh, hit a home run for the White Sox the other day. I know my Cardinals have been looking really good in spring training, mm-hmm. but yeah, just a lot of excitement, and we're looking to sharing the second season of the third out with you guys. So thanks for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week.